Bobby Hurley up the floor with Leitner. They throw it to the left of the floor. Leitner catches, comes down, dribbles, shoots, And welcome to another 2.1 Seconds to Madness, your college basketball podcast. I am Russell Hainline. No KB this week. Uh, crazy week for me and my fellow co-host. He had some uh, family stuff going on. I have just an intense amount of work on uh, the movie script uh, that I alluded to uh, a few weeks ago that I sold and uh, hopefully I'll have more exciting news uh, next week uh, regarding that. Uh, but for now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm basically just going to go through the last few days of college basketball. I'll point out what I watched uh, or at least what I noticed if I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, and then I'll go through what's going to happen this weekend because a lot of big games this weekend, obviously. And then KB and I will do a new episode uh, at the beginning of next week in a few days to talk about the conference tournaments once the brackets are set there. Let me just start. Last Wednesday, I watched Duke absolutely destroy Louisville. That shouldn't be much of a surprise to people. I think Wendell Carter's got a much better shot at both All-ACC first team and uh, maybe one of the All-American teams than I think people realize. Uh, I think now he's on Ken Palm's top 10 player of the year list, uh, which is pretty exciting. He, he's just been really good. He's their best interior defender. He's probably got their most polished inside in terms of just a, a gamer perspective. He absolutely destroyed in this Louisville game. Uh, a lot of people are sort of pointing at the games when Marvin Bagley is gone and saying that the team would be better without him. Uh, but I think there are a couple of things at play there. First of all, Grayson Allen was shooting out of his mind during that stretch. You can say those things are related, but I'm not necessarily convinced that that's true. But then obviously the zone, uh, the implementation of the 2-3 zone, which listeners of this show know I've been screaming for for months, maybe years. It seems like Kay has finally embraced it, and Duke is now a top-20 defense in the country. Uh, when they were sub-100 like a month ago. I mean, that just tells you just how phenomenal they've been defensively since then. Uh, Louisville, you know, just... Well, I'll get to the Virginia game that was last night in a second. I, Louisville's in real jeopardy of missing the tournament, in my estimation. I, they're also just not very good. I mean, Quentin Snyder is good. Dang Adele has had a pretty good season overall. I, the, yeah, they got some bodies inside, but I mean, there's just, there's nothing to write home about here at all. And, you know, right now, Bracket Matrix has them as a low 11 seed. I think if they can't come up with a, if they lose in their first game of the ACC tournament, they're going to really be biting their nails. Uh, Xavier beat Georgetown 89-77. Uh, Georgetown played really well. You know, KB and I both thought Georgetown had a really good chance, and, and they were in it until maybe like halfway through the second half. I thought they really had a, a strong shot there. I want to mention Najee Marshall, uh, somebody that I feel like the national sort of freshman of the year conversation hasn't really been talking about just how good this kid has been. I, I was looking back over some of my preseason predictions, and I had Seton Hall above Xavier, mostly because I still foolishly continue to believe 
that Seton Hall will be a better shooting team every year, and they and they aren't ever. Uh, but I also just I, I wasn't as big a believer in somebody like Kaiser Gates or Sean uh, O'Mara, you know, and, and Marshall has come in and been really phenomenal. He put up 21.7 rebounds, four assists, three steals in that Georgetown game. Uh, he's been a real, real treat for Xavier fans. He's a big reason why I believe they'll get a one seed. People have asked me a lot of questions on Twitter about the one seeds. Virginia is obviously a lock. I think uh, if Villanova and Xavier both lose out, I want to say that maybe Xavier's got the better resume. They're both in pretty good shape, even if they lost out for whatever reason. Uh, I think Villanova has a game against DePaul, or maybe it's Georgetown. Xavier's got DePaul on the road. I think Villanova has Georgetown at home, I want to say. Neither team wants to lose either of those games because teams like Duke and Kansas are going to be nipping on the heels. Uh, speaking of a team that theoretically could be nipping on the heels, although I don't think it's going to happen, Auburn, Alabama. Auburn just beat the brakes off Alabama 90-71, to really broke it open in the second half. I was heartbroken. This was my lock of the year gambling pick <laughs> because Macklemore was out and Mustafa Heron was also out. And Alabama, I just really like how they've been playing. They lost to Kentucky on the road, and so I thought that the gambling lines were a bit skewed against them. I just thought Alabama had a great, great chance in this game. I mean, they they beat Auburn at home earlier in the year, so, I mean, obviously they could match up. And that was against an Auburn team with Macklemore, with Heron. Um, but, no, Auburn just absolutely beat the shit out of Alabama. Alabama's in real trouble not really because of the Kentucky and Auburn losses, which I think are, are very forgivable, but the fact that they then followed it up with a close loss to Arkansas at home, and then they just got destroyed by Florida at home as well. Now they're sitting at 17-13. and 13. they got to play A&M on the road on Saturday. That's going to be a tough one. I don't think you get into the tournament with 14 wins if you're Alabama, even though you've got a ton of talent on that team. So that would definitely be a heartbreaking end to a season where – I mean, really, they were they were on the cusp of top 25 for a while, so you really don't want to end the year like that. Uh, let's see, anything else from that day? Michigan beating Penn State uh, was, I guess, not a total surprise for me once uh, Mike Watkins went uh, bye-bye. But, uh, you know, Tony Carr did his thing. I, I've been impressed with Michigan's defense. I think normally Michigan gets more of a reputation for being the offensive team. And sort of quiet as kept, they've developed into a top 10 defense this year, uh, which is really impressive, especially considering that Mo Wagner, you know, uh, last year was sort of considered a defensive liability, Duncan Robinson the same. Uh, they've found a way to play good team defense overall. Uh, and then I guess I'll mention North Carolina Syracuse as well at Syracuse. Look, uh, Syracuse, you know, uh, they fought pretty hard. Uh, I thought they were going to win, but of course it's Syracuse, right? The second you think it's going to work out, uh, th- then it doesn't. Uh, I think they had a lead with a few minutes left, or they were, they were really fighting back. If you're going to let Theo Pinson beat you, then you deserve what's coming to you. I, not even that Theo's a bad player. He's, he's good on the dribble drive. Uh, he's a good creator, obviously, led in the Syracuse game led the team in assists, uh, pretty good defender too. But, you know, Theo also making two, going two for two from three. I guarantee both of those shots were just butt-clenching moments for UNC fans to watch those uh, go up. 
Uh, but it worked out pretty well. Luke May had some trouble in that game against some of the uh, the longer bigs, the rangier bigs. I mean, obviously, you've got like uh, O'Shea Brissett down low. You've got Chukwu down low. Uh, you know, they've they've got some impressive length on that Syracuse team. I sort of wonder if maybe this is a Syracuse team that once again could like sneak into the bracket at the very, very bottom uh, if they win a couple of ACC games and then go on some sort of run uh, you know, as one of those play-in teams, I don't think they can get any higher than a than a play-in game. But I think every year a play-in team wins a game. Uh, so you know, you could do a lot worse. Uh, let's see, nothing else from that Wednesday, Thursday. So as you can tell, I did not do any prep for this. I just went for it. Um, Arizona at Oregon State again, another one of my onion specials. Oregon State took him to overtime, man. It was real close. Uh, but, yeah, Arizona got the drop on him at the end of the day. Uh, Arizona obviously had a very up-and-down week, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, Alonzo Trier was not present in that game. Uh, obviously, that made a difference. Yeah, I, I, people have asked what I think about the Sean Miller thing. I'm reserving judgment because if the wiretaps – if the wiretap story has been misrepresented by ESPN, which there's reason to believe that it that it very well may have been, then ESPN screwed up <laughs> in, a, in a big way, and Sean Miller's never going to let them forget it. Uh, Wisconsin beating Northwestern. I got to watch some of this game. I mean, Wisconsin did what Wisconsin does. Northwestern, God, what a massive disappointment. I retweeted something the other day. They are, in, in my estimation, by far the biggest uh, – disappointment of the season uh i also watched the uh penn state game uh, on thursday yeah i mean how if you're chris collins i mean sanjay lumpkin was like a big part of the team don't get me wrong right like that's that's sort of a given you lose vic law down the stretch too that's that's also a, a pretty big loss goes without saying but again you had him for you know all but the last like couple of games. I mean, what's what happened? What happened with Northwestern? Their their defense, which was good last year. I mean, their defense last year was what top twenty five, top thirty last year. Now right around a hundred. Uh, they couldn't shoot the ball. Uh, McIntosh shot thirty one percent from three on the season. That's just bad. I yeah. I, I don't know how a junior and senior led team ends the season on. Seven losses, losing eight of their last 11, 10 of their last 15. Um, I could even stretch that back farther and say 13 of their last 20. Uh, that's just really unforgivable to go from a season like that to 15 and 17. Uh, I don't think that... Uh, who was I just talking about? Northwestern and Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin's got a lot to be happy about. Uh, I don't know what the score of the... Big Ten game that's going on literally as I record this is. I'll maybe look it up right now as I'm talking. Um, they've got a lot of young talent there. I've talked about it a couple of times on the show. Obviously not their year, uh, but again, this is a team that going forward, even in the post-Ethan Happ universe, uh, a lot of talent for Greg Gard to play with down the stretch. So it looks like Michigan State escaped Wisconsin 63-60 to just now. Uh, Ethan Happ had himself a game. I know I saw Khalil Iverson put up just a nasty-ass dunk. Uh, yeah, I mean, good for Michigan State, I suppose. 15-18, uh, and 18, not how Wisconsin really wanted to end their season. 
Uh, certainly not how Ethan Happ. Uh, well, he might not be done. He might come back for another year. Yeah, uh, but anyway, that's enough about them. Uh, I don't think I have anything else from that day. Arizona State losing to Oregon is just embarrassing. Arizona State just needs to be careful. I know they just dismantled California. They're probably fine, but don't lose against Stanford and then lose your first round in the Pac-12. Otherwise, you're officially a bubble team, my friend. Um, Anything else from that day? I think not. Let's move on. Friday, Ohio State, Indiana at Assembly Hall, double overtime. I think I saw the end of this one. Ohio State, obviously one of the better stories of the year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do against Penn State, a team they lost to twice this year uh, later tonight. Uh, I don't have anything else to add there. Let's move away from Friday. Let's go to Saturday. Florida beating Auburn. Already touched on that. Kansas-Texas Tech. I thought Texas Tech did a real admirable job here, uh, just doing their best to win with a Keenan Evans that is not 100%. Um. I don't, I don't, it's been a while now and I've watched a bunch of games since. I don't remember exactly what happened at the end of this game, but uh, Kansas, <laughs> never mind. I mean, I'm, as a Duke fan, I can acknowledge that Duke gets kind whistles, right? I can at least acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Kansas gets some kind ass whistles. <laughs> I mean, I'm not telling tales out of school here. Kansas gets some kind whistles. I don't remember whether it was the Texas Tech game or whether it was a different game where I was just watching, holding my head, going like, "What in the world is happening?" Um, and then obviously the the Huggy Bear incident from I think a week prior. But yeah, uh, Kansas wins again. Yawn. Uh, Michigan beating the shit out of Maryland at College Park. Uh, you know, Michigan, uh, Maryland season is over after they lost to Wisconsin, 19 and 13. I'm not convinced that's an NIT team either. I think they are just donezo. Be interesting to see what they do with Mark Turgeon. Obviously, Terrapin fans are notoriously uh, tr- hair trigger when it comes to uh, their feelings on the, the coach and the future of the coach. Turgeon was on the hot seat, then he had a good year. Everyone was happy with Turgeon again. Now they're unhappy with him again. Uh, Creighton beating Villanova in overtime. Uh, Kyrie Thomas had himself a game. You know, uh, Jalen Brunson did really well. I honestly thought Villanova played pretty well. Uh, Phil Booth's first game back, you know, obviously that that makes some degree of difference. Uh, but they shot 30% from the free th- uh, from the three-point line. And, you know, that's that's going to be the story with Villanova, with a, a few teams that play like Villanova this year. The threes aren't going in. They're very vulnerable, uh, especially because Creighton's threes were going in. Uh, Kyrie Thomas, Marcus Foster combined for nine. Uh, just a big win for them. I think Creighton should be a lock. What seed are they projected at? They're, yeah, they're at like an eight seed, eight, nine, somewhere in there. They should be pretty safe regardless of what happens to them. So... Good for them. Let's see who else from that day. Uh, Alabama losing again. Yeah, Oregon sweeping Arizona State and Arizona. Very surprising. Kentucky beating the hell out of Missouri. I really wanted to see a little bit of... uh, (laughs) I wanted to see a little bit of Michael Porter Jr. uh, in that game. Didn't happen, sadly. Uh, and boy, did they need him. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander had himself a nice game. Again, he is, to me, their best, highest ceiling point guard. Uh, they got uh, a Diallo performance with three for three from three. I mean, that's going to be very, very important for them going down the line. And then Jared Vanderbilt 
who's looked pretty nice in the admittedly limited action that I've seen him in. I think he's put up something like 9, 10 rebounds a game, maybe every game for the past five or six. Uh, so, yeah, that's obviously a big deal for a Kentucky team because, once again, they, they don't shoot the ball especially well, but if they can continue to rebound very well, especially if they can do better on the defensive rebounding side of things, that's going to make up uh, for some of their shortcomings in a very real way. Gonzaga beat Purdue. My my onions pick there did not happen. Disappointing, um, but is what it is. Wichita State beat SMU at SMU. That one worked out nicely. Marquette losing to DePaul. Max Struss uh, going off against them. Marquette is in a world of trouble, in my uh, opinion. We talked about them last time. How they just you, you can't afford to lose to DePaul ever if you're a tournament team really. Uh, Bracket Matrix currently has Marquette as the first four out. It seems about right. They've got some work to do if they want to get in. Duke holding Syracuse to 44 points again. Another huge game from Wendell Carter. 16 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, four steals. If you had asked me if Duke would shoot the ball as poorly as they did, they shot two for 18 from three. It certainly looked like at one point maybe this would be the first game in ages where Duke doesn't make a three-pointer. But uh, if you if you told me they were going to shoot 11% from three uh, and only score 60 points, I would have chalked that up as a loss. Holding Syracuse to 44 points, I don't care how bad Syracuse's offense is. That's a really, really impressive statistic. Uh, really, really nicely done. Oregon State beating Arizona State. I got the wrong Oregon State upset special. Damn it. Georgetown once again gave a real game to Providence. Um, Providence, who, you know, they're they're a little disappointed to me. I sort of wonder if maybe Providence, uh, there's, there's just no way they, yeah, no, there's a way. They're like an 11 seed on bracket matrix. I was going to say they got to beat St. John's. And then I think to feel safe, you got to win at least one game in the Big East tournament uh, in order to get to where you want to be. I I think they're a pretty high ceiling team, frankly. I think they're better in terms of talent than their seed is going to be, obviously, with Cartwright. uh, Makaya Ashton Langford, I really like his potential as a freshman, uh, especially if he comes back. Uh, Nate Watson has played well. Khalif Young is a sophomore who I really like. Uh, Diallo uh, Bullock, obviously, is a really good player. Um, yeah, I, they've just got a lot of pieces there. Again, if you're looking for a team that might be in a play-in game but might make a run, Providence definitely has that potential. Uh, what else happened that week and anything else? I'm going to move on. I'm probably missing something. I watched a decent amount of basketball that Saturday. Uh, NC State beating the shit out of Florida State. When is Leonard Hamilton going to be in trouble? I mean, because right now, here we are again. Florida State is going to be another, like, you know, 9-10 seed. I mean, I guess Florida State's just content doing that forever, right? Because Hamilton's been there forever. And for the most part, this is sort of where they live. Um, They're always going to have a team that, you know, doesn't shoot the ball very well, a little turnover-prone, athletic, but, you know, doesn't play unselfishly consistently. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass there. NC State, the fact that 
I'm not sure whether this is still true, but at least after last weekend, they still had the possibility of finishing third in the ACC. I think once they lost to Georgia Tech, that did away with that. But that's incredible. Uh, Kevin Keats deserves a huge, huge, huge pat on the back for that. And look, coaching matters. We've seen it. We've seen it with Ohio State all year. We see it with NC State. A new coach can really, really open things up. Uh, Michigan State beating Wisconsin again. I, uh, this is the Brad Davison game. I thought Wisconsin was going to take this one. Uh, Michigan State just continues to sort of eke out victories. You know, again, they just beat uh, Wisconsin again in a very, very fortunate turn of events. Their luck is nearly top 50 uh, on Ken Palm in close games. I would imagine that after today, it's going to get to top 50. Again, if you're looking for teams that are maybe going to be a little uh, vulnerable to upset, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big believer in Michigan State this year. That's that's on record. The Iowa-Northwestern game. <laughs> How do you lose to Iowa? God damn it, Northwestern. Um, Nothing else. That's Sunday, Monday the 26th. I hope this is riveting for you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the most fun for me. Oh, speaking of not fun for me, the Virginia Tech loss. I... Uh, Look, Duke losing to Virginia Tech, as I've said on this podcast a bunch of times, that was one of the games I had at the very beginning of the year uh, that I said, even when I thought Duke was maybe like a a four-loss team, uh, at Virginia Tech was absolutely one of them. Uh, Second game in 72 hours, the game before the UNC game, that's just a recipe for disaster, especially just how Virginia Tech plays. Um, Again, Duke did a really nice job defensively, held Virginia Tech under a point per possession, and Virginia Tech is, you know, a top 35 offense in the country. I did a great job preventing them from making three-pointers. They did a pretty good job on, you know, post-ups, put-backs, cuts. Uh, they just scrapped really well in this game, and uh, Duke definitely gave them some some bad turnovers to, to sort of run out. That really, really hurt Duke. If, if you're a Duke fan, I saw a lot of people panicking after this game about, about guard play in general. It was the second game in a row in which the three-point shooting was pretty bad. I, I think you can't be too panicked because ultimately you were on the road in Castle, a, a really hard place to play against a tournament team. And, you know, if, if Duvall makes the front end of his free throws... Duke wins that game. If they call the foul when Wendell Carter was going for the rebound and was literally held back so he couldn't grab the rebound, if Wendell Carter grabs that rebound, Duke wins that game. I mean, they were just so close to winning that game that, okay, they lost. That sucks uh, if you're a Duke fan. But at the end of the day, not overly concerned about it. Uh, West Virginia beating Texas Tech is a concern for them, obviously. Um I think Texas Tech has gone all the way down to a four seed. If they can't turn it around, maybe even a five. And then if they get to the five, they're definitely going to feel like one of those teams that petered out the end of the season uh, and then maybe one of those hot uh, 12 over five picks. Kansas beating Texas. Uh, Azabuki is just monstrous. You know, uh, when he's when he can stay on the court, he's just dynamite. And you know, obviously in that game, uh, no Mo Bamba. So I mean, like, what else was Kansas gonna do? Just keep feeding the big man. I want to point out that even though people talk about how foul prone he is, that Jaron Jackson Jr. is notably more foul prone than Azabuki is, uh, and I think that should be a problem for him come NBA draft. Uh, at least if I was scouting him, but I'm not. So. 
Fuck it. Uh, Tuesday the 27th. I didn't see anything here. Uh, the Miami beating UNC. I, all I saw was the final shot. Really impressive final shot by Jaquan Newton, who's not a good shooter. Again, just like with the Virginia Tech game, I think if you're UNC, you just chalk it up to like a ball bounced one way is what it is. I will say this. I, I think UNC's defense is going to be a problem come tournament time. Um, you know, UNC's defense, they're currently allowing nearly 1.1 points per possession in ACC play. Obviously, their offense is top five, but their defense right now on Ken Palm is sub 50. That's just not very good. They're going to have to keep shooting threes at the impressive rate uh, that they've been making them. Uh, but I, I'm just not convinced that that's something that's possible. Uh, Baylor beating uh, Oklahoma, beating the hell out of Oklahoma. Terry Maston is just a, a manimal, if ever there was one. Uh, Luol Achuil had a really nice game as well. Uh, Baylor is one of those teams I thought was top 25 fringe coming into the season. Obviously, the season didn't work out that way. Um, they're going to be one of those teams looking at that 11-12 seed. Again, I've I've said it for a couple of teams now, but if you're looking for a team that maybe has the potential for a run as like a 12 seed, certainly Baylor could beat like a Texas Tech a five seed. Totally doable. I still can't believe Alabama got run off the court at home by Florida. Beyond embarrassing. Uh, I don't have anything else. Oh, Rhode Island getting the shit beat out of them at home by St. Joe's. That is one of the more astonishing... Uh, Things they were a 91% chance. Uh, they were a 14 point favorite, 91% likelihood of victory on Kempom, and they lost by 30. 30. Uh, so, yeah, they're down to like a 7 8 seed uh, in bracket matrix. That's certainly going to make them a dangerous team for a one seed to play. Uh, again, I wouldn't get overly concerned. Chalk it up to what it is. Uh, Villanova Seton Hall. Look, <laughs> this was a this was a good battle of teams that didn't want to win. Kadeen Carrington missing some free throws down the stretch. Brunson missed one as well. But the second that game went to overtime, I knew Villanova would win. And even though Seton Hall did a really impressive job not letting the game get away from them uh, completely in overtime, yet Jalen Brunson just absolutely took over. Bridges had a really, really nice game. Brunson had really struggled in the first half. He played really badly. Uh, but down the stretch, I, I mean, he scored 14 points. He must have scored 12 of those points in the final three minutes of regulation and then overtime. I mean, that's that's just me pulling that out of my ass. But that feels right to me because, uh, yeah, he was absolutely everywhere. Seton Hall can't shoot. Uh, Clemson beating Florida State. No, that's not the one that I wanted to talk about. St. John's beating Butler without Shamori Pons. That's an impressive win right there. And certainly if you are Butler, and again, you're probably safe, floating around the nine seed area right about now. How do you lose to a Shamori Pons-less St. John's? My God, man. Uh, not good. Not great, Bob. Uh, nothing else from that day that I can recall. Are we caught up? No, there's yesterday. The Virginia-Louisville game. Look, if you saw it, you already know. Uh, man, how how you can be up four with one second left and lose. Louisville's inventing new ways to lose games at this point. <laughs> right? Like, I, 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 I texted with some Duke buddies during the game, Dan and Nate and Jamie, all these guys. 
and the uh, Louisville was up nine. And so I just start to I say, I guarantee Virginia wins this game. I guarantee Virginia wins this game. And sure enough, they came back to within two. Louisville hung around a little bit. Uh, certainly Virginia tried to cough it up as well. Ty Jerome missed a free throw. You don't see that happen too often. They had some bad passes. They had the lane violation at the end. They were trying to give Louisville the game. But Louisville said, hold my beer. Uh, hold my prostitute. And, yeah, I no nobody on that team slept last night. Nobody. Not a one of them. Especially not Paget. Uh, Virginia is is a lock for the one overall seed. I mean, I'm going to imagine they're going to play in the East. Maybe they would prefer the South. I forget what the regions are right now. Middle Tennessee beating Western Kentucky, uh, if I recall correctly, um, that means they will bare minimum. They will certainly bare minimum be in the NIT. Uh, I think one could maybe make the argument that they're an at-large team. Uh, they only have one. Baddish loss to Belmont at home. Uh, everything else is really forgivable. Uh, on Ken Palm, they have three Tier A wins, three Tier B wins, only five losses overall. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think realistically they're going to make it in as an at-large, but certainly if Western Kentucky, who's very talented, wins Conference USA um, in the Conference USA tournament, then that will make an interesting decision in the old committee. Uh, anything else yesterday? Not that I saw. Oh, yeah, Penn State. Tony Carr just raining threes on Northwestern. Northwestern going out ignominiously. Same for Maryland over Wisconsin. Uh, Maryland losing to Wisconsin, I should say. Uh, and then Rutgers beating Indiana. Corey Sanders had himself a game. The only benefit to having the Big Ten tournament at Madison Square Garden early is that uh, Rutgers gets a home crowd, which is nice for them. So, uh, yeah, good job, Rutgers. Uh, anything else uh, coming up on the horizon? Here we go. Let's do some picks for the coming games, then I'll get out of your hair, people. Uh, nothing noteworthy today, I don't think. Let's look at Saturday. Saturday is the big one. West Virginia at Texas. Uh, does Mo Bamba play? That That's a real question to me. I, I haven't looked it up. I'm not sure if he will or not. Uh, if he doesn't lock in West Virginia, and honestly... I'm tempted to say lock in West Virginia anyway. They just I think it's a bad matchup. They beat the shit out of Texas uh in West Virginia earlier in the year. Uh I think they can turn over somebody like Matt Coleman and uh obviously like Ozikowski, a bunch of these guys. They just don't have the handlers to deal with it. I'm gonna go West Virginia. Creighton at Marquette uh is definitely a huge must win game for uh, Marquette. I think they'll do it. Onions adjacent. UNC at Duke. I don't know what the spread is, but I tell you this. I've been telling people since the last UNC game, if Duke had been zoning UNC at the beginning of the second half when they went on that monstrous run, I believe that Duke wins that game at Chapel Hill. Uh, I like the matchup, especially now with the zone. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Luke May. Luke May certainly has... The possibility, if the zone uh, does not, if the zone gives him the free throw line shot, I think May could make that all day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, if I'm UNC, I place May there, and then I spread everybody else out. But 
the fact that they'll almost certainly have a non-shooter in Theo Pinson on the floor at all times means that maybe the zone can sort of be a little more nebulous, give Theo those three-point shots, uh, and and give May a little less room on that stuff on the inside. Let let Theo run the baseline. That's fine. Uh, I like Duke's chances here. Um, I don't know what the spread is going to be. Ken Palm has it at Duke minus seven. Uh, that seems steep to me. So if it's, I, I would probably think around four or five would be fair. If you get around the two possession range, maybe take the points for UNC. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this is a good matchup for Duke. Butler at Seton Hall. It's at Seton Hall. I'll go there. Kentucky at Florida. Can Florida get on the boards? Uh, that's sort of the biggest question for me. Uh, can they hammer those boards? Because Kentucky absolutely will. It's at home. Uh, I sort of like Florida's odds here. I'm going to take Florida, even though Kentucky's been really coming on nicely as of late. Uh, I like Florida's chances. Florida looking to maybe secure like a top six seed. Uh, maybe if they win this game, they might be closer to a five. Same for Kentucky. They're they're sort of right in that same range. Uh, anything interesting on the onions side? San Diego State versus Nevada is certainly going to be an interesting possible onions pick there for San Diego State. Uh, NC State has a big game against Louisville at home. I think they should be fine. Kansas at Oklahoma State. Uh, this is danger territory a little bit for Kansas, especially now that they've locked up the Big 12. Uh, remember that Oklahoma State beat them at home, uh, you know, at fog. I, now, that was probably a little anomalous. Uh, Kansas will still be favored by Vegas. I like Oklahoma State's chances for the upset here, especially because Kansas is probably going to be looking forward a little bit. But if I'm Kansas, I don't dick around because, you know, right now they're holding on to that fourth one seed pretty tightly. You lose this game, and then you're sitting at how many losses on the year? Uh, Seven. And then that assumes that you can win the Big 12 tournament. I think if you've got seven losses, that's going to be really hard to get a one seed under those circumstances. It's the same reason why Duke needs to be focusing on winning out at this point. Otherwise, their one seed chances go bye-bye. Uh, Clemson at Syracuse. It's a little upset specially, but uh, but Clemson, they've been shooting the three well as of late. Uh, they won't get as much from Elijah Thomas, but Shelton Mitchell's back. I I'll take Clemson there. Anything else of note tomorrow? Alabama at Texas A&M. Look, you, you got to assume Texas A&M the way Alabama's been playing, sadly. Notre Dame at Virginia uh, is going to be one of the more interesting games uh, because you do get Bonzi back. You'll have a little bit of Bonzi action uh, against Virginia. Uh, I think there's no way Notre Dame wins this game, but Bonzi will definitely make the offense a lot more interesting. Uh, should make Notre Dame a little more... Uh, of a tricky opponent for Virginia uh, at at bare minimum. So uh, I like Virginia there, but, you know, Notre Dame beat Virginia last year, uh, year before, not so much, and then year before, also not so much. I was looking for a little bit of history there to see if I could justify it uh, because I sort of would like the idea that Bonzi comes back and just uh, – Rex through the best defense, you know, we've like ever seen. But nah, it'll be a Virginia win. Stanford at Arizona State. Again, Arizona State absolutely cannot screw around. I, I think they should be pretty safe there. 
Xavier at DePaul. Uh, again, don't lose. Uh, Xavier should be fine there. Um, Villanova is playing at home versus Georgetown. Same thing that I said for Xavier. I think Villanova's fine. Uh, Cincinnati at Wichita State. Really, really compelling matchup here, obviously. Uh, Wichita State, they win this game. They could be as high as a three seed. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, and frankly, I like Wichita State to win this game. I, I think they've got a really good shot. And then we're getting into the conference tournaments. In terms of the Big Ten uh, conference tournament, I, I mean, I like Purdue. I do. I like Purdue to win the Big Ten tournament personally. Uh, I think they're a better team than Michigan State still, regardless of how the season has ended. Uh, so they've just got to get there. Uh, and I think that uh, that will work out for them. I think the sleeper at this point, you have to consider Michigan as a potential sleeper for the Big Ten tournament champion. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, end of the day, uh, I like Purdue to come through to make it happen just don't feed Isaac Haas 40 times a game vary the offense a little bit you'll be fine uh KB and I will be back next week we'll talk more about uh the conference tournaments all the slates will be set in stone at that point we'll break them down we'll tell you who you can expect to win who you can expect to lose which bubble teams uh are going to earn their way into the tournament which bubble teams will not uh, yeah, and I'm Russell H. Film on Twitter. KBAD is at KBADDS on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seconds the number two madness. Uh, I'll certainly be tweeting some during the Saturday that we'll be. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on the Twitter account there. We're on iTunes, we're Stitcher Radio, we're Google Play, we're all these places. Seconds to madness.tumblr.com if you need a direct MP3 link. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you for your patience this week. Uh, again, I'm really hoping that I've got some cool news to share next week. Uh, if not, then maybe the week after. Hopefully I'm not just teasing it and jinxing myself. Uh, but yeah, uh, sorry for being so busy. We will be back next week with a bright, shiny new episode delivered on time for you, the loyal listener, for KBAD. And for myself, Russell Hainline, this has been 2.1 Seconds to Madness. Good night. Let them know, do your thing, dog. Keep it live. To the beach.